Hi, it's Colin Powell from Into Infinity, and welcome to another broadcast. Uh, this one, we're going to be continuing from uh, what we talked about last time, about 1 to 32 in our atomic calculator, and just explain a little bit about how that could work at our atomic computing level. Yes, geoquantum computing. Um, so, uh, we, we notice that we sort of mentioned that there was the number 32, 1 to 32 for each calculation, and that's um, what we t- where we got to last week. So hopefully some of you had a time to digest some of that. Um, and so what you could say is whenever we perform a calculation, uh, we normally take another number, don't we? And uh, uh, yeah, it's two two numbers in... in, in um, and in our sort of uh, system of uh, quantum mathematics, the four-dimensional mathematics, uh, that's going to create another cross, a whole new cross. We're just going to duplicate the whole equation. And then we can decide whether we want to minus that equation, times that equation, you know, times those numbers. Yeah. And uh, so if you think about it, what we have is we have uh, the number 32, and we need another number 32, which makes 64. And 64 is a very nice uh, bit size for our modern computer standards. Um, and so what it means is each each uh, 64 string can now become a quantum calculation. Yeah, uh, and we can do that by uh, just storing the the, the necessary out, outputs of just yeah, that's right, just four numbers. Yeah, and for those who are really interested, we, we noticed that you get a one to four. Remember that on the time space, we mentioned the one to four on the time space. Uh, just go back and look at some of that in our um, in our basic 4D calculator. You can see that when you uh, put the one in a certain order, it goes one, and you get a four in the time. So um, really, we can just switch uh, into those four. Um, so we can take a switch and we can make four out of it. Yeah, and we can switch it back and we can make one. And when we switch into four, you could say that's an active cross. And when you switch into one, you could say it's a non-active cross. Yeah. Um, so we have a way of turning on these crosses, if you like, yeah, from a simple bit switch, yeah, which could activate the calculation. Um, additionally, what we can say is we can uh, load a 32-bit in one side of the of the string, and we can put another bit in the other side of the string, and the calculation now became, becomes contained within one string. And what that means is, is that we can take the two string halves and we can perform plus, minus, uh, divide, and multiplication simultaneously. Yeah, that's right. We just, uh, isn't it? You just get the 64 bit strings and you just make four of them. And you get your 32 times 32 uh, results or 32 minus 32 results, which will be just a, normally some sort of standard number that will be a de- degeneration code, if you like. And the plus will be a doubling code of whatever number it is. Um, so you see what I mean? We've got these doubling functions, halving functions, and they're all going to be displayed simultaneously, uh, and we can map all those things simultaneously just by storing uh, two 64-bit codes. Yeah, And you can imagine, then, the amount of data then that we can store in just two 64-bit codes, uh, or one 64-bit code, two 64-bit codes, three 64, four 64-bit codes. Let's imagine it like that. So we've got the calculation happening now in the four, math- more, four types of mathematical algorithms algorithm. Um, we can actually add another two and we can do this not, we can add another one and we can do the square root function which can be sort of um, handy sometimes actually, quite handy because square roots are uh, another function of the diagonal. Yeah, they're not uh, they're, they're, they're a mathematical constant. Uh, we can do things like you know, uh, make pi pi as a sort of uh, as a function um, you know, 
um, like a you know, x times pi times y, um, and or divide pi. You know, so we can actually also set a, a numerical function uh, to be the function that actually uh, provides a qualitative analysis of the calculation, which we can you know we can use any numbers for that as well, and we can type, we can then just switch those numbers very quickly, get a different set of results, store those results, and build up a multi-dimensional picture of, uh, of, of what's going on for that calculation. Um, and so that allows us, you can imagine, you know, normally when we're performing calculations, we just get one answer, and here we're going to get, a, well, quite a lot of answers, aren't we? We're going to get things that dissolve into infinity, things that double, things that half, you know what I mean? And so, um, and we're going to, um, we're going to set the effort value to 32 because, uh, that's all that we're going to have is up to 32 calculations, isn't it? Yeah? And so we've also defined an effort value and then we can put those effort values into a rhythm of time. Let's say, you know, we start one at one effort value and we, and we move up or down every second or it could be millisecond or whatever, or 10, 10 milliseconds, 100 milliseconds, whatever we wanted to set as the time function. Um, and then you'll create a wave, and, you, and once again, you can uh, project those onto uh, in, to make a more dynamic number function. And when we look at dynamic number functions, um, the, you know, the numbers start to become alive. They start to sort of throb and blah, 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 blah and all that sort of stuff. Um, so then we get to a far more advanced calculator. So um, that's uh, a little bit there, more advanced quantum calculation, and how we perceive the atom then as a shape that's shifting through time-space. And which is what it is, you know. And so when we find resonance points within that function, um, we can start to sort of say, okay, maybe there's a, there's a resonant point there. And we can just use the balancing of a shape to balance numbers uh, instead of taking guesswork as to where the electron might be. Um, in fact, you don't need to know where the electron might be. You just need to know the shape of the function that's creating that, 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 that anomaly in, in, in our space. And so, uh, you know, you're just catching it at a point in time, shall we say. And so we can, we can get a pretty good estimate as to which, which one through the time function by, by setting these up as kind of oscillatory. And you can imagine you can start to build something that, you know, you can start to crush Schrodinger equations into like nanoparticles, you know, and just give you the result you need, um, without having to, uh, you know, perform all of these, what should pretty much be incalculable, really, if you were to try and use it with standard mathematics. But in fourth dimensional mathematics, because we're looking at the degeneration of numbers into infinity, um, we can actually map those as signatures, and those signatures can become shapes. Yes, that's right. So that's all for uh, this week, I think. Uh, put a few, a few things in there. Oh, yeah, let's just, one last thing, actually. So uh, just when we're timesing, let's say we times 32 and 32, we get a cross. It's worth noting that those are two crosses, yeah? And what you can do is you, you can place two crosses in a space in such a way that they, uh, they make uh, a cube, yeah? So you can imagine the uh, corners become the corners of a cube, yeah? Uh, there's... there's and you can you can arrange crosses in a couple of ways actually, but you can cross the zero point basically, and you can create a three-dimensional uh, eight-stemmed cross, um, and that would be uh, zero squared plus zero squared. And when we come to zero squared plus zero squared, um, what we find is that we can compile those in sets of two, but if we compile them in sets of five, um, that's what we call the d-orbital set because uh, a d zero squared is actually what we call a d-orbital. It's actually one of those d orbitals. And that's the other thing about a quantum calculator is that once you realize that um, you have 0 divided by 2, which equals a p orbital, you have 0 squared, which equals a d orbital, 
just a just one of them and you have uh, zero to the power of three and that equals uh, your f orbital although there are uh, the last two of the f orbitals are three dimensional so uh, three three d three dimensional short shapes so we can remove those ones from that and so there's this function here about five uh, that comes quite handy in calculating um, complete sets of orbital shells and you have to you have to sort of imagine we can you know, once we get all of the calculations possible between those 32, and once we times, and once we times that function by five sets, so we're going to have 32, 32, 32, 32 in sets of five, we can start to map the uh, the, the the orbitals, and um, that becomes um, a set of ten, doesn't it? Yeah, if you if you take a, a negative and a positive reciprocal. So uh, that's just that little bit of knowledge about all of that. Yeah, uh, that how we can start to link uh, fourth-dimensional mathematics mathematics into the orbital functions as we perceive them in the SPDF uh, model from science and um, and as we do we'll, we'll create a quantum calculator that will give us fresh insights into how the atom is working and how the space around the atom is working at a very very uh, a numerical basis so um, that's it for today and about how we up the quantum calculator to the next dimension as it were and it's all based on the 1 to 32 remember that and that's the electron count isn't it yeah and so um, yeah so what we end up there with is uh, some nice sort of stuff. We haven't even talked about zero three, um, but once again, you can do the similar sort of math. You've just got to replace the x over y, yeah, plus or minus x over plus or minus y, and then next to it, you just write plus or minus z, and you get the zero to the power of three, and that will create a cross, which uh, that plus or minus will then obviously ascend and descend up that center line, that's the octahedron we call it in three in, two, in 3D space yes right, 0 to 3 is an octahedron you can learn about that, about 2D to 3D and when it turns into that, when, it, when we deal in the three, third dimensional space then, we're really just extending uh, the plus or minus will just be an extension of that octahedral space and as it grows in number so this square at its base will increase from square of one square of four actually starts kind of square of four really square of four square of uh, nine square of sixteen so on so on so on and so we end up working with the square function um, which is defined then by the z function and if you hold an octahedron in your hand and you, you can put it like north and south you can see where the square is at the base and you can imagine it's going up that pyramid as you know as it, as we as we shrink it it's becoming half the size you can see what i mean it's all a shrinking and growing of an octahedron in space exciting stuff because then we can have octahedral ratios and things like that and we can compare zero three one set of zero three to another set of zero three um when we do that with pure calculations and the d orbitals we go back to zero squared and we compile them into fives um and then there's a the final one which you might be thinking about which is um the uh F orbitals, yet once again you compile uh, 0, 3 into fives, into sets of fives. And because of that function, what you get is you get a couple of extra orbitals, they're called star tetrahedral orbitals, and that's because uh, we will place uh, two sets of zero squared to make those two sets up. So that's the complete atomic structure for uh, atomic calculation, and from that you should be able to get a pretty good idea about how the atom works without touching a single Schrodinger equation. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, we're just changing number space there into atomic number space, yeah, oh yeah, using our atomic calculator, and I've just described the the workings of how that is. So for those people who've built uh, an atomic calculator and have been uh, enjoying the process, now you have a new mission, oh yes, to see if you can go 
properly into the atomic structure around the hydrogen atom. And if you want to find out more about that stuff, we've got a whole post, uh, whole section on our website called Atomic Geometry. Uh, you can go to atomic-geometry.com or visit intoinfinity.com and find out more about some of our numerical theories uh, of uh, dimensional space based on geometric theory of number or four-dimensional number space. So thank you very much for listening this week. My name's Colin Powell. You guys are awesome. And we'll catch up with you again shortly. Have a great week. Bye-bye.